and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. Talk about the NBA. We are talking to you on Thursday morning. Joining me from Philadelphia, where tonight he is going to the uh, Lakers Sixers game. The red hot Los Angeles Lakers covering winners them. of one game, two games in a <laughs> row, right? Two games. How dare you? Uh, Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. Joining us from San Antonio, Texas, where he was at the Grizzlies Spurs game on Wednesday night, which our bosses at ESPN took off of national television. And John Morant scored 41 points. It's Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. John Morant did give our bosses a shout out post game. He did. He that was why I was going to bring it up. Both on yeah. Twitter and in his press conference. He was, oh, I uh, didn't see what he said in the presser. What did he say there? Uh, sh- shout out to whoever took off, uh, took our game off TV. <laughs> well, and I went up to him right afterwards. Hey, John, Tim McMahon on the ESPN. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's great. Glad to see you. Uh, as a um, as a representative of the company, please voice all of your displeasure right to me. Well, I told him if, if he voices displeasure to the boss, to see if he can get me a raise in the process. <laughs> Jaws. I, w- I would rather money. represent him than the other way around, but I'll take what I can get. Yeah, I think uh, John Morath's agent is going to make a lot of ancillary uh, money in the next uh, ten to fifteen years and longer, maybe. Um, before we get started, I just I don't ever do this. Um, but I wanted to make mention of a story that I had posted um, on Thursday about Aaron Baines. Uh, Aaron Baines, uh, backup center in the NBA for the last decade. Um, last uh, summer at the Olympics, he was playing for the Australian team. Um, middle of a game, a very close game against Italy. He, he ran to go to the bathroom in between the third and fourth quarters and never came back and basically hasn't been seen since had a terrible fall uh, in the locker room running to go to the bathroom. It sounds kind of funny, um, but it was not. He ended up in, in, in hospital for over a month and thought for a little while he might be paralyzed. So he gave his first interview uh, to me at ESPN, and we just posted the story on Thursday morning. And since I know it's not about the Lakers or the Knicks or Ben Simmons, uh, not that many people be excited about it, but it's an interesting story, and he's very emotional in it. And um uh, he talks about, you know, Aaron Baines is a guy who's a big, tough dude who I would never mess with. And he talks, he talked to me for like two hours, uh, about how much he was been crying. So, um, that's all in there. So if you wouldn't mind checking that out, it's a good story. Um, all right. So as we are here today, it's January 27th, the, um, this pod will be out on 28th. So there might be slight variance to this, but I have never seen this. This is my 19th year covering the NBA. Um, I didn't research going back. That would have been responsible. Um, But as we sit here on January 27th, the difference between the first place Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference and the sixth place Philadelphia 76ers is two games in the loss column. Two. Um, uh, Miami, Chicago, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, two games separating those teams in the loss column. You would say games back. Um, Philly is two and a half games back. But right now with so many teams having unbalanced games because of the COVID shutdowns, um, you, I, I look more look at the loss column. So we have two games difference. Um, Bond Demps, I've never seen anything like it. The East is wide open. And I know like if you're the Bucks or the Nets, you're not like, well, we got to have a certain seed. 
But if you're the Cavs or, or the Bulls uh, or even over the Heat, this, this could matter. And we're going to see a sprint to the finish with a trade deadline in between. Yeah, I mean, look, we've been talking all season about how the conference, the strength of the conferences has flipped and how the East has taken over as the superior conference by a pretty significant amount. And all you got to do is look at, like you said, this race, you know, even the race for the 10th spot in the East, you know, if you, you go all the way down to 10, 11, 12, you look at the West, you know, it's going to be the definition of a pillow fight to see who gets the last spot or two in the play-in tournament. Whereas in the East, you're going to have, you know, probably at least one pretty good team doesn't make the playoffs. Um, and certainly, like you said, that, that race for that, those top six play-in tournament spots are, you know, non-play-in tournament spots. It, the West you know, could have a, a below 500 team make the playoffs. And I don't mean the play-in actually could have, make the playoffs. Right. Could have, could have, could have multiple potentially. That's something that's been an East staple <laughs> for a yeah. couple of decades. Yeah, yeah. It could be in the West. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's totally, totally crazy. So we thought what we would do is we take a look at each of these teams, where they're headed and how we think it's going to shake out because this is what they're doing right now. Um, you know, as these, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, as they meet to figure out what they're going to do for the trade deadline, they're waking up today in third place. The Cavs are in third place in the East holding the number three seed. It's going to affect the way they're doing. So uh, what they're doing. So McMahon, let's start with the team in first. The Miami Heat, um, they have won um, eight of their last 10 games. They are playing a uh, favorable portion of their schedule right now because um, they've been at home a lot after being on the road a lot. Um, they are great at home. They're 17 and five at home, and they're, um, they're, they're taking advantage of that right now. Uh, they got Jimmy Butler back. They got Bam Adebayo back. Um, they're in really good position. Bontemps, actually, before I, you, you have up um, the projected numbers for uh, from ESPN's uh, computers, basically, where they basically they take a look at uh, strength of schedule remaining, um, uh, differential score, uh, um, you know, win differential, scoring differential. What else do they take a look at? Matt? I mean, it's just a it's sort of a total, you know, look from the top down. If you factor in, you know, team health team performance just to uh, sum it up it's a it's a it's a really good nerd formula that's that's <laughs> a good that's a good way to sum it up and what is the nerd formula say that the heat what does it project the heat to, to finish uh first 61.4 percent chance of having the best uh record in the eastern conference at the end of the season uh in part because they have uh one of the easier schedules remaining in the league. Uh, they have of all the, of all the team they're they're 24th uh, in terms of easiest schedule down the stretch. I mean, so listen, they're, they're first right now, despite, like you said, Jimmy having missed a bunch of games, bam, having missed yep. uh, a, a bunch of games and, you know, everybody's had players who've missed games, but the, the heat in particular have been hit pretty heavy by, uh, by injuries. When they came through Dallas and I saw them live uh, early in the season, they were whole. I was like, wow, that, uh, that is a legit bona fide championship contending type of team. I mean, just, you know, when, when you, when you start out in Jimmy's garden, you then, you know, they switch on and, and Bam's garden, you then they switch again and, and PJ Tucker's garden. You, I mean, it is that defensively, they are big, physical, smart, mean, um, and then they, you know, they've got guys who can fill it up. You know, Bam is a very good uh, offensive player. Jimmy's a guy who can get you twenty-five or thirty. They had four guys score uh, twenty points on uh, on Wednesday night uh, on the game that was flipped to ESPN, 
which was a blowout in the Heat's favor, and they beat the Knicks. Uh, yeah, and they had four guys. And the same thing happened when I saw him live earlier this year. You know, Tyler Hero is probably going to be sixth man of the year. You know, he's the guy who's going to give you 20-plus off the bench. Kyle, and and they have, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry, I'm not sure either Haslam. Is, is Lowry maybe the only guy on that roster who is, uh, who's won a championship? Uh, but well, they, PJ, they have, PJ last PJ, year. That's right. That's right. So they, you know, they have championship, but even the guys who they're vets who haven't won championships, you know, these are guys who have major playoff experience. Yeah. The whole team runs. made the finals two years ago. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I, I don't know that they'll, what, if anything they'll do before the trade deadline, they do kind of have the, uh, the wild card of, of Victor Oladipo, maybe at some yeah. point down the stretch. That's, so Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. So Oladipo was in practice in front of the media this week, and they saw him shooting. I mean, it wasn't like they saw him playing five on five, but he hadn't been coming out with the rest of the team in view. And so people were like, whoa, um, he actually played a little scrimmage in front of everybody. And Barry Jackson from the Miami Herald reported that he could be back in February. Now, he had a serious knee injury uh, last April. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that you expect him to hit the court and make a huge difference immediately. But if he can get back in February, early March, and get some time underneath him, we're just talking about value added. He makes the minimum this right. year. The, right. the, the, you know, to pick up a player like that who can potentially help you at both ends of the court at mid or after late season, it's a it's a factor for the Heat. Yeah, yeah I mean, that like was their. It's not like they need him to come in and play 25 or 30 minutes. It's, it's exactly. Like anything he gives them at this point, you have to consider a bonus. Exactly. That 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 was always going to be their buyout candidate, right? They were going to get Victor Oladipo back sometime after the trade deadline. If you gave him anything great, if not, doesn't like it almost doesn't really matter because they've got, you know, eight or nine guys at least who can play. You didn't even mention Max Struess has become a real yeah. gunner for them yeah. off the bench. Has kind of become a minimum version of Duncan Robinson behind him. Like they've got shooting all over the place and they were a team coming into the season you know I think you guys would agree and talking to people around the league the Heat were seen as a group that you get into the season they might kind of I don't want to say struggle through the regular season but with an older experienced team with guys in and out of the lineup like kind of the fact they haven't had their whole team all season isn't really a huge surprise right yeah the goal the goal for them was going to be let's be healthy on April 15th and see what we can do in the playoffs and Right from the beginning, when they got Kyle Lowry and they got PJ Tucker, everybody was like, "Man, I don't, I'm not going to want to play the Heat in the playoffs." Now you look at what they've done in the regular season. You couple that with, you know, what's going to be a really difficult out in the playoffs. Like McMahon was pointing out, just a brutal team to try to score against. Um, you know, Kyle and Bam are both terrific passers. They're going to be a hell of an out in the East, and especially if they're sitting there with the number one seed, which they're pretty overwhelmingly projected to get at this point. You know, they got maybe the best coach of the league in Eric Spolstra. They, he got a lot of things going for him. Well, early in the season, um, remember they when, when the referees were just allowing straight hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> he had the um, number one defense by a mile for three, four weeks. Then Butler and Adebayo got hurt, and they had some COVID. They, they backslid. They're now the seventh defense. By the way, and you pointed this out, McMahon, Dallas Mavericks now in the top five in defense. Um, although they had a couple of, uh, I was going to say it, 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 that's been dented on their, uh, <laughs> West coast road trip. They were, yeah. <laughs> they were the nineties Knicks there for a little while. And <laughs> still fifth though. Yeah, still no, fifth. Still yeah. fifth. But, but I, I feel like the heat are going to climb back up. I think now that they got their whole team back together and if they are able to get some chemistry back again, Lowry gets back. He's been out recently. Um, that, uh, that's only going to climb. Uh, okay. Second place right now, as of this morning, 
uh, Chicago Bulls, who have held their own uh, since losing. They lost three players in a matter of like four days for two months. Mm -hmm. uh, Lonzo Ball, um, then Derek Jones Jr., who had been playing uh, a little bit you know, more for them, and Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso was actually in between those. So three you know, key perimeter defensive players they lost all in a row. Uh, they've gotten a couple of wins. Uh, Vucevic, who we talked about on the pod um, earlier this week, has had a couple of good games. And um, they're holding at number two. Uh, what do what do the computers say, Bontemps, about their future? So they're most likely to finish sixth. They've got a 17% chance of finishing sixth. But in a kind of an example of how uh, spread out this is, they've got a better than 10% chance of finishing anywhere from fourth to seventh. So, so we don't know. Right. Based and, this on the, is, and this is why we're having this conversation. We don't know. So sometimes these computers are like windy. They're they're real, like timid with their predictions. Well, you know, they've got just as good a chance of finishing fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Little chance of finishing first. They'll, they'll finish <laughs> somewhere in that range. Yeah, we 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 call that the 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 windy waiver. Well, it's a sign. Well, it's, it's I, does a that sign mean of, you're gonna a, you're gonna make a strong prediction about the Bulls there, McMahon? Go ahead. <laughs> they'll finish sixth. <laughs> It's a no, sign I of mean, how bunch. It's a sign of how bunched up everything is because it's basically predicting everybody to have roughly the same record. You know, yeah. So and and so our you know my strong preseason prediction with Bulls ended up looking pretty idiotic because I thought they were going to be scrapping it to you know be in that play in mix. Yep, and, you and uh, both, they, buddy. They, prob they probably thought that you know they wouldn't say that, but they probably thought that. Well, yeah. I, look, so Demar Derozan obviously has been phenomenal like he's he's been an all nba caliber player but i think the biggest surprise with the bulls has been that they have been a solid defensive team they're right there in the middle of the pack now um and i remember saying you know preseason if, if the bulls are a middle of the pack defensive team then billy donovan deserves coach of the year consideration billy donovan you know at this point does deserve coach of the year consideration um i think we underestimated the the duo of Caruso and Ball, and it's just hard to see that holding up with both those guys out for a while. So, you know, they're still they have enough firepower that they're still going to you know be able to keep their heads above water and and win some games um, because they're going to be you know with DeRozan with Levine, Vooch. I mean, they're, they're going to be able to outscore some teams. I just think it's you know the way they've been able to win all season long is going to be extremely difficult to sustain over these next. You know, whatever it is, six weeks or so. I mean, what we what we all what we all underestimate about the Bulls, honestly, was Alex Caruso. Really, I mean, when you when he is on the court this year, their defensive rating is 102. Uh, when he is off the court this year, their defensive rating is 112.6. Ten and points. It and there isn't another guy who plays in their rotation who's within three percentage points of him, um, in terms of defense when he's when they're on the court. Like Caruso has been a gigantic difference maker for them defensively. And that that's going to be the key to your point, McMahon, for the next two months. Can they survive with both him and Lonzo out and really having nobody that's going to be able to stop the ball on the perimeter other than Ayo DeSumo, their rookie from Illinois, who's been a pretty yeah. nice fit for them off the bench. He's been a really nice player well, for, a, um, for a second round pick. He's been phenomenal. Been be huge careful. For be careful. Trusting second round rookies. Well, um, they, just, they just don't, they just don't have a choice now. I like agree, they, but I'm, they need him to be, they need him to be good. And I agree. look like if you have to pick one of these teams in the top six to drop out of the top six, it's probably going to be Chicago. Like, you know, based off of their, you know, them basically not having those guys till April 1st. 
you know, it's going to be a long couple months for them. All right. In third place in late January, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who just as we all predicted, whipped the Milwaukee Bucks on Wednesday night. And not like the resting Giannis hurt yeah. uh, Drew Holiday, banged up Chris Middleton, Mike uh, Budenholzer in protocols. The full premium Bucks came to Cleveland. The Cavs are missing a whole bunch of guys on the perimeter, but they had Evan Mobley and they had Darius Garland and they slapped the Bucks across the face. Now it's a game in January. It doesn't mean they're up 1-0 in a series. I don't think the Bucks left all worried. But here the Cavs are in third place. They have the third easiest schedule coming in. They are completed with all of their West Coast games. They went on two West Coast trips this year and went, um, I think, 10-3 and three on like the like – the, uh, obviously there's 15 uh, West teams, but um, you know the, the long trips, the two long trips, they went 5-1 and one on one and – and three and two on the other. So uh, eight and uh, three. I was going to say, your, your math isn't checking out. Go on. <laughs> but I think that's, I, that's, that, I think that's that Akron math. Not for, not for the first time. I think um, I, I was correcting myself because I think they um, they played a couple of East teams on the one trip. Anyway, they did well on the road, on the long road trips. Um, they weathered the storm uh, a little bit. They had a COVID thing, whap them, and uh, mm-hmm. totally take them off their game. Um, and the interesting thing about the Cavs. Okay, well, first off, Von Temps, where do the computers have the Cavs? Uh, they have the Cavs projected to finish in second place. Big Darius Garland fans. 20, 24% <laughs> chance of finishing second. And they've got, if you add up the percentages, they've got about an 80% chance of being in the top four and having home court in the first round. And basically, a, they got about a 90% chance of being in the top five. So yeah, home court it, in the first round. And as Joakim Noah once told everybody, nobody wants to go to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you something. I was in Cleveland last weekend. The weather was rough, and I'm worried about I'm worried about February, gents. I'm worried about February for All Star. Um, oh God, have fun. Uh, oof, I mean, spent a lot of time in my life driving on Cleveland highways in the snow, and it was not a good memory. Um, the reason the computers like them so much is they have the number three defense. Um, as we've talked about all year, you know, led by the, by their big, by their bigs inside, mm-hmm. um, uh, their net rating, uh, which is the differential on scoring over hundred possessions, which a lot of people, including the computers think is the gold standard is fourth in the league. It's like, if you go by net rating, so you're talking about like the best teams net rating typically follows best records. Number one, Warriors, number two, Suns, number three, Jazz, who are a little banged up right now because mm-hmm. Gobert and Mitchell are out there losing some games, having some issues. Um, losing some games and losing their minds. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. 
You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. The most underplayed story uh, in the whole league right now, in my opinion, is um, the Gobert-Donovan uh, Mitchell relationship, and we're going to continue to underplay it and keep talking about the East. Um, Cavs fourth, Heat fifth, Bucks sixth. You know, if I if I listed off the teams with the, you know with a top net rating on November first and said, yeah, Warriors, Suns, Jazz, Heat, Bucks, you'd be like, oh, okay, and Cavs, you'd you'd spit up that coffee a little bit, McMahon. Um, here's the thing about the Cavs that is interesting as they sit here in third place. They have five trade assets uh, between now and February 10th. Um, they're, I, I don't know if they've been granted it yet, but I believe they're going to get a disabled player exception for Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. Certainly should. They applied for it like two weeks ago. I haven't heard that they've gotten it. Um, he had ACL surgery, so he's out. Um, that's about seven or eight million <clears throat> um, that they can use in a trade to get a player with one year on his contract. Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Schroeder is a name that's come up there. Um, they have Ricky Rubio himself, who is at the end of his last year of his contract, 17 million. And they have three picks in this year's draft, including two second round picks that are likely going to be in the top 10 second round picks, uh, Houston and San Antonio. So Bontemps, this is a team that's in good position and should be able to get better if they want to in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I just hope, that the Cavs don't do anything uh, too aggressive to try to win this season. I, I think, you know, look, they've had an awesome season. They have a really bright future. You know, McMahon's favorite player, Darius Garland, who didn't put on his all-star team and uh, Evan Mobley, who's got a really good shot to be rookie of the year. Um, Jared Allen, who's probably going to be an all-star. Like they, they've got a nice young core going forward. I think we all would also agree. They're not, I think, a legitimate team to make a super deep run in the East right now. And so I hope they don't make some kind of aggressive win now trade that costs them some assets. They can maybe add guys to this team later. Um, But like, for example, we have been like, I watched the Cavs play the Knicks on Monday and there's Garland's basically the only time guy on the team that can dribble late in games. So like, while yeah, like, well, yeah, I mean, playing him and playing <laughs> him and Rondo way, together has been a disaster. My eyeballs hurt after they beat the Knicks. That R- Rondo ended. it was it was talking about a pillow fight. The end of that game was a pillow fight. And at one point, Rondo ended up with the ball in his hands uh, at the three point line with two seconds on the shot clock. And I know this is going to come as a surprise, folks, if you didn't watch, but he was open by 10 feet because the Knicks were like, we don't need to guard him. And he shot the ball, and Russell Westbrook laughed. That's all I'm going to it, say. It missed by about ten feet. Yeah, um, it was it was not great. But the thing but about like, about Garland that you know is not being really discussed is he's been dealing with a back injury, and he actually tweaked it uh, against carrying the Bucks. that offense. You're right. He tweaked. I don't think it's like serious, but he tweaked it against the Bucks and came out of the game with the locker room got treatment, came back in. 
ideally they would give them a few games off to, mm. to let it calm down, but they can't afford to, um, you know, Rondo, uh, they got, you know, for next to nothing. Yeah. Um, and he actually helped them win a game on their West coast trip with some really good defense in the last uh, minute of a game. Um, but you know, you can't count on him. No, R- so, Rondo was a band-aid. It was not like they got Rondo yeah. and said, okay, Hey, we've lost Sexton and Rubio. We got Rondo. We're good. You know, right. They, they still need to be aggressive trying to find another guard. Um, well, and Schroeder, like Schroeder has his flaws, but for a team that has nobody that can really score or attack the basket off the dribble, like he could actually be a pretty nice piece for them off the bench and for a Celtics team that, you know, is playing a little better now, but is going to be trying to get out of the tax. Yeah. He it makes was, a lot of sense to he, slide him right into that trade exception or the disabled player exception. They're likely to get in from Rubio and um, yeah, they, they might the be tax. able to get him for next to nothing. Um, you know, the, the, the guy who I think makes a ton of sense we've talked about before is Eric Gordon. Um, I would be very, very, very surprised Basically, I would have I will I will have been given bad info if the Rockets deal him for anything less than a first round pick. I'll put it to you like that. That is, I am hearing the exact same thing. The message that they are giving to other teams who are calling about Eric Gordon is, we'll be interested in talking about him. The the cost is a first round pick. Yeah, and, and that's sort of the and that's sort of the thing I'm talking about. Like I, I agree, Eric Gordon would be a really good fit on the Cavs. Uh, and like we've talked about it a bunch, he's exactly what they need. I don't think it would make a lot of sense for Cleveland to trade a first round pick for. 33-year-old Eric Gordon, despite how well he's playing this year. I don't I, so I, so the question I disagree is with that. I disagree with that. Yeah. Because it's not just about adding pieces to this team, but it's also about the development of these young guys. And one of the best ways to develop guys who you know are good young players, who you know will be part of your core, is get them playoff experience. And I think if this team gets Eric Gordon, they're going to get more than a round of playoff well, experience this year. And well, that's would, the question. So, a, so the Cavs would, first round pick right now would be about 23, mm-hmm. 23, 24. Um, they have the Rockets second round pick, which right now right. would be 33 or something like that. So the question is, is it worth the 24th pick? If you've got the 33rd pick or, I mean, look, they haven't done a deal yet yet so it's january it's not february 8th right so the question is will the rockets say all right we'll just take a really good second maybe our own second round pick back will they will they ease that and and convince themselves that's that's a near first round pick or will the Cavs say all right we'll give 24 but we're going to have 33 and 38 and you know it's one of it's one of those types of things that's you know the negotiation plus by the way other teams get to bid other teams could want eric gordon and 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 do that so and, um, and, and the Rockets do have a history of sending a strong message, nothing less than a first, nothing less than a first. And then, you know, with Old Depot, it's like, eh, or maybe just a swap that might move us up a few spots in the first <laughs> round. Yeah. But I think that they're clearly different because the market for Gordon, I expect to be much stronger than the market last year. Oh, it should be. He's played really well. Depot. He's yeah, played really well. Let me point something out. If you take Eric Gordon for Ricky Rubio, because what we're basically talking about here is Rubio for Gordon, and then we let's haggle about the draft compensation for two weeks. The Rockets get more than just a pick. They get out of the $20 million that they owe Eric Gordon next year. Yes. And that's, I'm sure, what the cast are saying. You know, by the way, we're taking on $20 million. Don't forget that. Like, um, there's, you know, you, you got to bake that in. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the – I don't know, just to be sure. But I'm sure the Cavs are like, uh, we'll give you – We'll take we'll take Rubio and a 2025 second round pick. And then and the Rockets are like, 
uh, we'll send you Gordon, but we want your first round pick this year, like unprotected or something. And um, okay. Thank you. Have a nice day. Click, click, click. You know, then they curse each other and move on, but we'll talk again, you know? Yeah. But Um, but like the Cavs, if they can, if they can add a guard who is a scorer, a defender has, you know, a little playmaking creating ability, like, why can't they do some damage in these playoffs? They're going to be well, one of the best defensive teams. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. What? I'm not I don't know what's I know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen with the Cavs because you know, Bontem says in half court playoff settings, when they I don't yeah. they, they're not I, gonna be able to score. They're just not gonna be able to score uh, against really good teams in a are, playoff are, series. Are teams gonna be able to score a lot on them? And they're gonna be able to score don't, more. Don't dis, don't disrespect don't disrespect Garland like that. I just or, think or um, six they've had the year they've had an, Kevin Love. Look, they've had an awesome season. And if they and if they finish first or second in the East and they get, you know, they get a team, you know, one of these playing teams in the first round, maybe they can the win a series. <laughs> right. But like, you know, if they're playing, even if they're playing the Celtics in the first round, I, so, I would. So I would they, maybe pick the Celtics to beat oh, them stop, in a series. Stop. So if they match up with the Hornets, will they be able to score in that series? Because I'm pretty sure you know <laughs> us three and our two producers could get well, some buckets. Against the, the Hornets, Hornets. the Hornets yeah, are going to score Hornets, on anybody. By the way, they the after Hornets, dropping 158 uh, last night. Yeah, they put they put up 160 in Indy in Indy without Gordon Hayward. Uh, it was an it was an Ubre. <laughs> yeah, without all of Indy's starters too. But hey, by the way, speaking of the Hornets, guys, that 158 point outburst. I just looked this up. Was the most points in Hornet history, and the most points allowed by the Pacers since they came over from the ABA. That's a lot of games. Um, plus the eighty-seven points that Charlotte scored in the second half were the most team, the most by any team in a half since January of ninety-one. I was in seventh grade. Um, <laughs> this this trivia is brought to you by Carmax. Shop online and on the lot. With home delivery in select markets with CarMax. All right. Um, so the Cavs. One Rick Carlisle returning to Dallas on Saturday. It's going to be warm and fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so fourth place, Brooklyn Nets. Nets are just in a bad way right now. Um, they've lost six out of ten. Obviously, no Durant, no Kyrie at home. And then James Harden is now dealing with a new hamstring issue. Um, or just not, remember, last year. Hamstring tightness was the beginning of basically three months of hamstring issues yeah. for James Harden. Uh, so. the, the Nets have had to begrudgingly admit Joe Harris has had a setback. Uh, it was funny, Steve Nash, who I love Steve, and you know I know Steve a little bit, and you know when you talk to him when he's not in front of a microphone, he's really great. But he, it's just you can tell he's just so bottled up because he's got to be so careful about what he says about everything about Kyrie about everything and hey joe harris is like not playing for uh two months now and he's nowhere close is he a setback well I wouldn't yeah it's, it's been it six to eight setback. weeks it's uh you know that's the timetable <laughs> yeah, it's past eight weeks he hadn't practiced yet what's going on <laughs> um so like on one hand the nets are still potentially going to have the big three so i i guess don't freak out about where they are in january on the other hand well, like, they'll have the big two and a half you think you're right hard i, I, I still say there's going to be there's going to be shenanigans and Kyrie's going to play i don't know i'm not know how or why but i mean I'm, I'm not saying he's getting the vaccine but um i was joking with somebody in the league the other day if they <clears throat> if they played the um let's say they drew the raptors in the first round this is something we've talked about because the raptors 
are sort of in that zone where they could be mm-hmm. seventh and or you know not impossible to get to six, but at the time the Nets were in second, and the Raptors were in seventh. And I was talking. And the Raptors are the one team where a visiting player cannot play uh, if that's they're right. vaccinated. Yeah. So, so as as the rules stand today, if the Raptors played the Nets in the first round, Kyrie couldn't play in any of the games. And I was joking with somebody. I was like, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the rationale that the league announces that that series is going to actually be played in Buffalo and Newark. Um, no, uh, hey, Tampa treated the Raptors well. Send them back there for that series. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I still, you know, I have no reason to say this, but I just suspect. And I think Kyrie does too, just like he weighed well, out everything. And since you haven't asked, uh, Nets Raptors could be for the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference in the play-in tournament because as of right now, Uh-oh. the Brooklyn Nets are... Uh, most likely to be the seventh seed playing in the oh. first round, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh that's a little, uh, that's a little harsh. Well, I mean, they are, they have a better than 10% chance of finishing anywhere from fourth to eighth. And they've got a 16% chance of finishing sixth and an 18% chance of finishing seventh. So, you know, and a hmm. chance of finishing eighth. So, I mean, there's a well, basically a one in four chance. They finish in the play-in tournament. I can understand why the computers are confused by them. I can understand why they look at them and say they're actually not that good because when we judge them, we judge them on what they can be. The computers judge right. them on what well, they listen, have. They could also, and they could also lose a lot of games the next six weeks. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if James Harden misses some time with a hamstring issue, I mean, the rest of this roster is not very good. Like they're out they're without their four best players right now. Joe Harris and the big three. So right. you take the four best players off a team, that's not going to be a very good team. So Woj so, reported on Wednesday that um, the, the Nets um, uh, are pretty much saying we're not going to trade James Harden because there's been you know some discussion about, since he didn't sign his extension, whether he may look to go to the Sixers in the offseason. Um, from what I'm told <clears throat> you know, er, earlier, I don't know when it was, but Joe Sy, the owner, and Sean Marks, the GM, sat down with James when he didn't extend his contract and kind of wanted to know where he was. So, you know, they checked in with him on his, on his, you know, contentment and happiness level. And as, by the way, as you would want to, if the guy turned down $161 million, three-year extension, um, and you traded three firsts and your young players and swaps and everything for him. And so from what I am told, what James said was, I'm happy here. This was a decision based purely on financials. Um, and the Nets are satisfied with that, and they're going to ignore the noise. Now, let me tell you what he, what he means by uh, financials. So um, Bobby Marks went over this uh, with, with us. We're actually on this all email chain uh, because Bobby Marks is the greatest. He lists the, four, the five options that James Harden has for this summer. Option one, if he opts in, because he's got a player option, if he opts into his $47 million contract, he can then extend with Brooklyn for four more years, which he couldn't have done in the fall, which is, which is what, what he was saying his motivation was, not because he was upset, mm-hmm. although how could you not be upset by the way things have gone? But I'm not saying he'd leave. But, so that would be a, a five-year, $270 million total contract, including his option. So he picks up his option, extends four more years, 270 Pretty good. Not sure how I feel about James Harden in three years <coughs> at that money, but what are they going to do? Say no. Option two, he declines his option, becomes an unrestricted free agent. 
uh, he can sign a five-year, $269 million contract with the Nets. Essentially the same thing uh, within a, a couple hundred thousand dollars difference. Option three, he declines his option with Brooklyn, becomes an unrestricted free agent, and he goes out somewhere else. He can sign a four-year, $200 million contract to a team with cap space. That's the max if he signs. James Harden heading back to Oklahoma City. Forget the Maury reunion. He's, <laughs> he's back with the Thunder. Right. So um, that maneuver would, in theory, cost him $70 million in guaranteed money, assuming that the Nets were willing to offer him a full five-year guarantee. Which, But he'd get to live in Bricktown. So right now, there's only three teams that have the cap space to sign him as an outright free agent. Uh, Oklahoma City, Detroit, Orlando, and San Antonio. He so, said three. He named four. Wendy's math is struggling. Four. Sorry. Uh, you're right. Um, I don't think any of them are on the list for James Harden. And so that's why people are talking about sign-in trades. Could it be a sign-in trade for Ben Simmons, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> so option uh, four, if he wants to do nothing in Brooklyn this offseason and wants to go to Philadelphia, his best option would just be to pick up his option and get traded. Um, and then he would be able to go to Philadelphia. And in this particular case, there would not be a hard salary cap on the 76ers. Because if you did a sign and trade, then the Sixers would be hard capped and it would be very difficult to execute the trade and fill out the roster. So he would pick up his option with a demand and understanding he'd be going to Philadelphia. And then they could, he could sign an, an, a, that same $223 million extension with the 76ers six months after the trade. Um, uh, so he'd still get the 270 and be able to be a 76er or another team if he wanted to. Um, that would probably be the most interesting option. And, you know, he would need cooperation from a whole bunch of parties. Five, the option five declines to sign his option with Brooklyn and works out a straight sign and trade. So says, I'm a free agent. I'm walking unless you pay me or unless you trade me and the Nets have to do a trade. And in this case, you know, it maybe would be Simmons, you know, Bobby suggests maybe Matisse Thibel, maybe draft kicks, whatever, but then it hard caps them. So, you know, I know it doesn't have to do with where the Nets are in the standings, but just thought we'd go over this 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 situation. But really, Bontemps, the Nets can't really do anything. Their, their hope at this point is that everybody gets healthy and happy, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, as Adrian reported, they have no interest in trying to trade James Harden. Yeah, they, they certainly, they've always thought if they have their team healthy, they'll be the best team. I do not think they'll be the best team, but we'll see what happens. And part of the, part of the reason that they're also projected to finish seventh in the East or be down in that mix is because they have, they're tied with the Knicks for the second hardest schedule left behind only the Lakers, because like the Lakers, the Nets were a team that was backloaded in their schedule to have a lot of uh, national televised games over the second half of the season when the basketball schedule picks up uh, from that standpoint. So, you know, where now are they're the going Knicks, into <laughs> where are the Knicks projected, by the way? Uh, 12th. They have a oh, th- they have oh, a ten percent. They have a they have less than ten percent <laughs> chance of being in the plane. We'll get to them later. But well, uh, let me say something about the Knicks real quick here because I don't think we're gonna have a chance to get to them later. Mm. For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner 
can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The Knicks, from what I am told, have started to tell teams that our veteran players are available. You know why uh, that's the case, Brian? I have a pretty good idea, but I'll let you tell me. Well, the Knicks made a trade recently. Uh, we all remember that, I think. They traded for Cam Reddish uh, from the Hawks. Gave up a first round pick uh, and a deal. I was told by many people had no downside, no downside to trade a first round pick. I've never really heard that, but OK. Um, they then trade for Cam Reddish and coach Tom Thibodeau has not played Cam Reddish. Uh, he had an ankle injury for a few games. Then in the first game, he was able they to were play. Very, they were very slow to activate him on that ankle injury. Uh, Tibbs yes. seemed to then, be in no rush. No rush. Then the first game he was he was put in the lineup. He played exactly five minutes. Uh, the five minutes in the first half that RJ Barrett did not play. He then played him the entire second half. Barrett, the next the two games, half, he yes, didn't play RJ Barrett, not Cam Reddish. The next, uh, then, uh, he did not play when Kemba Walker came back on Monday, didn't play at all. And last night in Miami, Cam only got in the game for the last eight or nine minutes after the Knicks were down by a trillion in the game. So I have a he's, feeling he's that play, the Knicks would like five, Cam Reddish to play more. He, He's played five minutes since they traded for him two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, he has, and Tibbs is showing no interest in playing him. So if you take out the guys in front of him, which. And by the way, that's without Derrick Rose, who is coming, getting closer to returning. But when Derrick Rose comes back, you better believe he will also be ahead of Cam Reddish in the rotation. And Reddish is thinking, I asked out of Atlanta for this. I mean, we've talked about it before. That was the thing I never understood about this trade. They, they, They had, the Knicks had all these guys on the wing. And then now they trade for another guy on the wing who's objectively not as good as these other guys anyway. So tell you what, the Knicks big mistake over in recent years, not drafting Darius Garland when they had the chance at him. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, Fifth place, Milwaukee. It feels strange to say they're in fifth. Um, They're pretty damn impressive to me. They've only gone five and five in the last 10. I think the bucks are going to be there at the end. McMahon. Yeah, I think the bucks, I mean, that's, what the defending champions that uh, basically brought the most of their rotation back. You think they'll be pretty good. I think that's, that's a fair option. You didn't let me chime in on the nets, which is kind of offensive, but that's okay. I'm so sorry. Please chime, chime, <laughs> chime, the sponsor of the Dow, the Jersey sponsor of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, oh, look at you product placement. <laughs> no, it's there was a day when he knew who the, uh, who Bumble was sponsoring, but those days are over. He's a committed man now. I don't think they're sponsoring the Clippers anymore, are they? Well, you got off the you got off the site and their <laughs> revenues crashed. You couldn't afford it. Anyway, um, look, the Nets are messy, man. It's uh, it, like you could say, "Oh, hey, everything's cool with Harden." There's a lot of smoke there. None of it's surprising. You know, he's not healthy, and, and every time Harden talks about Kyrie, he slips in 
something about needing them every game. So yep. like now that's, you're talking about why might he leave in the off season? But when you have that kind of a thing lingering over the team during a season, you mean it's a problem that one of the best players on the team can only play in half the games, Tim? He, 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 made, a, problem? he, he made a reference to it. Uh, he had, he did, I think he did an interview Wednesday. Uh, I was pregame or something. He goes, we, we've been inconsistent this season for injuries and other reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, even like when I saw those guys in San Antonio and Kyrie, you know, scores 15 in the fourth quarter. And, hey, how about that? Uh, you know, Kyrie's that kind of talent. That's why we need him every single game. You know, like it's yeah. it is. A, and so I just I just don't see how a team, especially when their MVP candidate is, is hurt. And, you know, they're another former MVP is hurt now uh, or at least has some concerns with his hamstring. I just don't see how a team that's got that much drama can uh, can reach its potential. This the this Bucks, isn't the this isn't the Warriors with Durant talent wise. Yeah, like if they it this is too. I've I've been on that train with you the whole time, man. That's just there's too much to overcome here for them to win, in my opinion. Yeah, the Bucks are very much a, a, a non drama team. It it kind of feels, and I haven't been around the Bucks all this year, but it does except kind of for feel, Grayson Allen. Yeah, smirk. Um, it kind of feels like the Bucks have their championship, and it's just like, all right, we're going to coast through this regular season. Wake us up and let us know what what seed we are. Brian mentioned earlier uh, the loss to the Cavs. You want to know how concerned Giannis was about the loss I, to the Cavs? I, I, I know what you're going to say. I'll, I'll, he, I bet I know what you're going to say. Uh, he, it involved uh, the uh, post game press conference. It yes. did. It did. <laughs> it was uh, awesome. where he sat where he sat and ate chicken wings uh, in the post game press conference and uh, just said. <laughs> We suck and played bad as he, he ate them. He so. brought a giant bucket of wings. Uh, how many wings were in that bucket, McMahon? You should, you, you know, you, you're a man who knows wings. Actually, Bontemps is from the Buffalo area. You know wings. How uh, many wings lot. were in that bucket? The answer, the answer to the question is a lot. It would look like a, a it looked like a five gallon, it looked like a five gallon pail of wings. <laughs> and he's just sitting there, just chomping. Yeah, licking his finger. <laughs> that was a tough one tonight. Yeah, yeah, that was that was class. I think that's the sh- should su- that, that should sums be a up meme. their that sums up their entire approach to yeah. the season. Not that they're yeah. not caring, but to McMahon's point, as someone who's been around them a good amount, they have not been concerned at any point. They have the air of a team that has got to the mountaintop, knows what it takes to get there, and is very comfortable in their belief that they're going to get back there again. Why yeah. did they put out a statement? Um, Saying we support Grayson Allen. Why did they just let it? I lie? don't. I yeah, don't know. That I, that doing? that was a bad. That was a bad move. Yeah. Um, how about how about thanks NBA for only making it one game when multiple games certainly would have been justified. Yeah. Plus I, it saved I, them. It yeah. saved them uh, luxury tax money. Um, enough to buy Giannis wings for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> what does the computer Good. say about Milwaukee? Uh, they have the Bucks projected to finish fourth, but again, in a sign of how spread out this is, they have uh, a five percent chance of finishing first, a five percent chance of finishing eighth, and a better than ten percent chance of finishing anywhere from second to sixth. So, uh, all right, they ain't finishing. They're not finishing six. They're not finishing six. They're not finishing. <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think so either. But it's just again, like that's how bunched up all these teams are. Shut up, nerds. Have we talked at all this season about the Philadelphia 76ers? Um. Have we talked about they, them on the court? Maybe not. We've talked about <laughs> we've talked about the guy who wasn't playing a lot. By Listen, the way, can, Joel can Embiid. You, I was gonna say, go just kicking booty. MVP I, candidate Joel Embiid. Go ahead and say it. Say it with your chest. Come on. 
Hey, get man, your campaign, get I, your campaign I, manager hat on I, again. It's just a I don't know. Right I got to check and see how many games he's missed. He misses two more games. He's right out. I don't care if he's got Will Chamberlain numbers. True. You know, when Chamberlain, you know, Chamberlain never missed, never missed a minute. When he, when he played in Philly, he averaged 49 minutes a game because that's what you have to do <laughs> to win the MVP. Um, Jokic had like a casual 20 and 20 a couple days ago, too. It was amazing. Um, the two of the the two of them are putting up literal video game numbers. Every so day. I really it's can't insane. wait. I can't wait for your next. Uh, um, I was just thinking about that the straw poll. The straw poll which might might have to might have maybe we'll do three editions this year. I've debated. I've debated the idea of doing a I doing mean, one in the middle of the season. Curry. I mean, people are saying Curry's in a shooting slump. He just he hasn't he shot the ball better last year, um, even when he was number one in the straw poll by a, uh, you know, a country mile he was still not shooting as well as he had last year. So, well, and, and Curry, uh, a big part of his case was the Warriors had the best record in the league. That's, that's no longer true, but like the best MVP candidates right now, we can maybe get Giannis. We can get Giannis in the mix, but no, definitely the, the, the best candidates are on six place teams. So the big men on six place teams that are missing their co-stars for yep. very, very different reasons, but yep. Uh, but getting back to the Sixers, I mean, <laughs> Embiid is an absolute monster. He is an efficient 40-point, you know, double-double machine right now. He only averaged um, 40 a game last week, I believe. It is absolutely insane how dominant he is right now. And 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 they're winning, but they need every bit of his dominance. You know, Seth Curry's missed this stretch. Obviously, he's a guy who uh, offensively is a, is a pretty significant difference maker, but this really is just, I mean, Embiid is right now, I think, again, Giannis is the one reason I'm not going to say he's clearly the best player in the Eastern Conference, but boy, has he been, I mean, he, he's playing the best he's ever played in his career, and he's been a beast for years. I see it's amazing if, if Giannis just like sat down with that bucket of wings and slapped it on the table, and then he just slapped a, a uh, uh, what's the Milwaukee beer? Is it, um, uh, you can talk about best god I hope he's, uh, I, i'm gonna get something Schlitz. better i'm gonna get something if he better just, milwaukee's best that's like he, freshman year college type stuff <laughs> can you imagine if he just like put a schlitz on there like right on the table and just cracked it open and just sat back with a wing in one hand and a beer in the other all right guys I, we lost what what do you what do you want to say I got to assume that the Wisconsin craft beer community produces some good stuff maybe espn will Whoa. send me up there to do some research <laughs> in, in, in the spring, as I don't if, want to go up there in the winter. I mean, there's there's plenty you, of there's if, plenty of beers there. You can have some Millers. There's all kinds of all Miller, kinds of beer. Miller, in of course, Miller. You can tell I'm not a beer drinker. Miller. I ain't drinking Miller right um, either. Uh, as if you've never had beers in Milwaukee, McMahon. Yeah, right. Um, all right. So Philly, um, <laughs> I still haven't wrapped my head around the interview that Daryl Morey gave on Philadelphia radio last week. Um, the thing about it is he's, he says all these things, but he's doing it for a reason. He is like Mr. MIT. Like, so like you left to decode it. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes Daryl is very, very calculated with what he says. Sometimes Daryl just flaps his gums, let's, well, let's, especially you get him on the radio and you know, he might just let loose. The most recent flapping of gums with other teams from what I am told is that Philly apparently unsatisfied still with what they've been offered is now hoping to try to talk Ben into playing for them. 
uh, not just, you know, yeah, you know, holding him, but then doing whatever they got to do to talk him into playing. Um, having talked to the Simmons side, I mean, although not in the last 15 minutes, so just to be clear, but like, I could not see that happening, but, um, you know, they could just stop paying. I mean, the one thing is like, there's this real dispute about the money. He got half of his money already because he got it advanced. So he's, you know, he's, he has a bunch of money, but like he wants that, he wants that other money. And like Philly is just like, but not paying him. And like, they're like, okay, we're going to take it to arbitration. And I think it's like, okay, well, you know, we'll fight about it in six months or a year, but like, that's the one thing that can hold over his head. Whether or not that that's true, what Daryl has been telling other teams, the teams don't even know. Like sometimes, sometimes these teams, I talk to these teams who tell me about when they get a trade proposal from the Sixers and they go, they kind of just like look at their phone and like, what, what was that? Like it's so crazy. Daryl's the guy who, when when they beat out the, the Mavericks for Dwight Howard in free agency, which was like a devastating blow to the Mavericks, his next his next thing to do was to send Cuban a text asking if Dirk was available via trade. Like, Daryl right. does not he need care. A, he, I know. I know he doesn't. So, but the man has obviously made like 130 trades in his career. Like, he makes trades, uh, you know, like people, you know, like, like people throw away cards. So, like, he obviously does deal. So I don't know, but, but Bontemps, you're around this team a lot. You're around the team right now. What's this Philly team ceiling? I mean, they're getting this incredible play from Embiid and they are in sixth place. Yeah. They're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs unless they get the Cavs or another favorable matchup. And uh, that's what they are. Like, you know, they don't, they don't have any chance of going farther than that with this current team. Uh assuming they don't trade Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons doesn't play. They're just not good enough to do more than that, no matter how well Joel is playing. And that's why I hope to make a trade in the next two weeks. I, I, you know, Joel is playing as well as he's ever played. He's arguably the best player on the planet right now. Um, it's at least an open conversation. And I would like to see him have a real shot down the stretch here to make a run. And I think if they could turn Ben Simmons into players, they do have enough with Joel to have at least a chance. And I would be disappointed as a basketball fan if we get to the trade deadline, they don't make a trade. Ben Simmons, I, I'm with you. I can't see him ever playing here again. I, it would be a completely wild turn of events if he did. And then the final two months of the season are just kind of a countdown to the playoffs. See if Joel can, you know, maybe win an MVP award and then they'll lose in the first or if they get lucky and get a good matchup in the second round. And that'll be that. Like, I don't know. That would be that would be a pretty disappointing outcome here, I think. And, and let's say they do somehow get Ben Simmons back into that locker room, kicking and screaming. That's a good idea. Like, you're going to bring this yeah. guy who not, not I mean, to say he doesn't want to be there is like some kind of drastic understatement. And then every day is going to be, you know, spotlight on the Ben Simmons saga and, you know, in being I mean, it's going to exactly be what's happening. Hide his dis- disdain. Yeah. And it's going to be what's happening in Brooklyn it, all over again. It's going to be yeah. the same thing. It's just going to be a daily circus. And like and the ben difference, Simmons the difference is not going to shoot the ball. And it's just right. that would be a total disaster. Like, oh, you're going to get max effort out of Ben Simmons. Right. So if Ben Simmons is half ass in his way on defense. 
and not shooting the ball. Like, okay, great. You forced him to play. Way to go. That's really helping. I, well, I think Rich Paul, I think Rich Paul said it. He said it five months ago or something. I can't remember if it was on the record or if it was off the record, but you know, quite frankly, he said it to a lot of people. Philly thinks they're getting Ben Simmons. The the Ben Simmons that was a 76er and all NBA player, that Ben Simmons is gone for the 76ers. Yeah. And Philly has, you know, not a hundred percent. It appears been willing to accept that just yet. So, I mean, look, Daryl's got to make a decision. Does he take the best deal that he can get right now to try to give this team in a wide open East, a real chance to contend, or does he sit and wait and get James Harden this summer, which I he do attempted. Think- he attempted to answer that question last week. Although we have to admit that we have no idea whether he's telling the truth. He said, be, do you remember this, Bontemps? He said, because Joel is having such a great season, it means that we absolutely have to make this the great trade. We can't. Well, he, then, he then five minutes later said, because Joel's playing so great, we can get a top 40 player instead of a top 30 player. So I, that's I don't one of the, the craziest, that's one of the craziest on. quotes I've ever heard. It, it, none of it makes Joel's sense. playing so good that we're going to expand our list from, from 30 to 40. I don't even know. Like, again, this is why I would be like, and again, and again, it was five minutes after saying we have to make the perfect trade. I I mean, it's like, it's all, Uh, it all just doesn't make any sense. I know. Can can I also express some concerns about the uh, potential fit of aging James Harden and uh, dominant post-up player, Joel. That that will be, if they wait till the summer and trade for James Harden and pay him 50 million over the next three years, uh, that that's going to be a disaster. I, well, I just Harden, Harden just had a 30 point triple double earlier this week. I mean, the guy still, yeah, no, he still flashes the brilliance for sure. But, but I gotta he's, say, he's a better shooting version of Russell Westbrook. That's what he is. If he has the ball in his, if he has the ball in his say, hands, he's really say, good. Sure. Can I just say, I understand what you said about Russell Westbrook. I got it. I heard that. If I were the Nets and I could get Ben Simmons, would I be broadcasting that I'm not taking any, any calls? I, you know what? That might be a pretty because look, is is Ben Simmons? If Ben Simmons is your best player, you're not going to be very good. If Ben Simmons is a is a you're pretty nice fit next player, to Kevin Durant. Yeah, and you know if Kyrie's there, but if you've got two Hall of Fame scoring talents, you know elite shooters plus Joe Harris uh, with Ben Simmons and. Uh, you know, and, and he's refreshed and energized. That's that's a pretty intriguing fit, and maybe more so than having James Harden making fifty plus mil over the next. Who are you less years. excited? Any seven years younger and making almost twenty million dollars less a year. Who are you? Who are you less excited to give a potential two hundred million dollar contract to this summer? Kyrie or Harden? Well, well I mean, Kyrie is the answer. Yeah, but, Kyrie's the but answer, that's but not that's not a good that's way. not a good that's not a good premise of a question. I mean, well, it's the question they got to, you know, I mean, that's I mean, listen, they've made their bed on this front. But look, like I like I was going to say before, really quick, James Harden, if he has the ball in his hands, can still put up huge numbers. James Harden doesn't have the ball in his hands. He stands around on offense and doesn't move. And on defense, he remains terrible. So he's a better on, version of Westbrook at this point. On, on, on defense, he has strengths and significant weaknesses. I'll say that. Well, and guess what his best but his best strength is? Post, Post defense. defense. Yeah. Ain't going to be ain't going to be doing a lot of that playing next to the big fell. 
So, yeah. and, and they can't be switching, which is the one way he right can be beating. successful on defense because he ain't switching. So, yeah, now I don't like this fit. That it, like Harden can't put up numbers like he used to every single night, even if he has the ball. He just like he's not that guy anymore, where it's just like you can go ahead and Orlando has cap space. Orlando has cap space. <laughs> uh, also, well, I'm not going to go there. All right. Uh, long story short, too late. The East is going to be wide open the rest of the way. We'll see how it plays out. Thank you, Bontemps. Thank you, McMahon. Hey, we are about to record our uh, uh, Hoop Collective short uh, for YouTube. You can see this on YouTube as well. You're probably watching it on YouTube, maybe even. But we also have uh, Hoop Collective shorts on there, which you can see on ESPN's uh, NBA YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Adios, amigos. <laughs>